It's the Matt Report. My name is Matt. Today we're talking to fellas named Brian and Corey, now partners at Post Status, a website where you can get news and information about WordPress. It's also a membership site, a newsletter. They've got a suite of products there. Some new stuff that's coming down the pipe, which we're going to talk about in today's episode. It's a timely piece because we focused a lot about around uh, news and journalism in the WordPress world, which I, I previously talked about on this very podcast. It's something that near and dear to my efforts in giving back to the WordPress community. Not the, not the software, but the community. And it's important we make that distinction, or at least it's important to me. And today, uh, they broke some news around Elementor raising uh, $15 million Series A, which through some sleuth work and shoddy journalism <laughs> from other outlets, the news was sort of leaked and then trying to take it back, but they found out about it at the post ass. They broke the news. They talked about it. So very, very timely, very compelling piece. If you want to learn from my point of view of this whole thing, go to youtube.com slash tut and check out my Elementor raising $15 million Series A fund and certainly read the post status blog post all about it. Don't forget to check out business5000.com. That will be a lot of my efforts in the year 2020 in building out some media around and content around startups and advice, building confidence, pitching your product if that's you, business 5000 Com. If you want to be an advisor, somebody who's listening to these pitches and business ideas, and you want to help somebody launch their product because you remember what it's like to be alone launching your product, business5000.com. I got three new videos up there, one that will uh, give you the overview of the product, and then uh, one if you're interested in being a, a pitcher, <laughs> uh, an entrepreneur, you watch that video. If you're interested in being an advisor, you watch that video or watch all three. Whatever you want to do is fine with me. Just check it out, business5000.com, mattreport.com. Nah, you don't even worry about it. Don't worry about going to mattreport.com, <laughs> business5000.com. Join the newsletter. That's the most important piece right now. All right, let's dive into this conversation with frenemies Brian and Corey. So, I can't believe you called me a friend. Frenemy. It started off with friend no, you and said ended friend, with enemy. You said you said friend first. I'm just not putting that on the record. Well, yeah, technically, yes. I, I have to say friend to get to friend to me. So there, there at least I have addendum. to say friend. Yeah. There was an addendum. He was like, oh shoot. I just said friend. Friend to me. 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 So you are now two partners at a website called Post Status. But before we dive into that, for folks who don't know. Brian, what have you been doing for the last couple of years? Let the uh, world for the, know. For the last couple of years, I've been doing several things. Um, I've been public in the past about how I didn't know what the future of post status was from a ceiling perspective. You know, it's a small community. So um, I saw a lot of growth in those first several years, and then that growth started to slow and went sideways and uh you know i had started to think what what do i need to be looking at in terms of the future for my career as a small business owner matt you talk about the trials of a small business owner and experimentation all the time so i did a good bit of that but 
eventually one of the things I realized was that I do think there's still a lot of potential in the WordPress ecosystem. I still think there's a lot of potential in post status. What I don't think is that I can do that by myself and I need someone else to help me uh, not only come up with ideas, but also like really just work through it together. And that's when I started thinking about who would be the perfect person to approach and ask them if they had interest to come on board and be a part of post status with me. And that's shortening the story by a lot, but that's what brings me to today. Um, that said, for a while there, um, I had to really think like, how does post status operate? And I would love to dig into a problem and, you know, really go deep on an issue and then the consistency may not be there. So, um, one of the in-between steps was bringing on contractors to help me get the weekend, week out deliverables set. And that's where David Bissett and Dan Noss came in and they really helped me start making sure the newsletter was nice and consistent. And then my job was to help curate that, help edit that, be the one to press send, but they helped me really get those details together and get the newsletter consistent again for, cause there was a little while where it wasn't, but now for about two years, I think we've been very consistent with that weekly newsletter. People kind of know what they're going to get out of it. And then I've been trying to do my best to add my voice and find the things that are really good stuff uh, that I want to write about. Um, so there was a lot of ups and downs along the way, but we started to iron out the processes and then, uh, and then it was a matter of saying, hey, let's bring on the right person to take this thing to the next level. So that's where Corey came in. And Corey, uh, aside from sitting on the couch eating Cheetos all day, what, what have you been doing for the last two years? Yeah, in my Matt Report hat. I was doing that, by the way, just so you know. Uh, for the last two years, golly, see, uh, in 2018, sold my decades-old business called iThemes. Uh, and then um, worked... Uh, as the GM of that business, got a new title uh, under the Liquid Web brand and organization. And then a year ago, uh, left iTheme slash Liquid Web to go out on my own again. And so honestly, that you know, most of 2019, as you know well, Max, we were talking, is wandering in the wilderness, trying to find my way, trying to figure out what, what's next for me. I didn't really have a backup plan uh, after iThemes. I just thought I'm going to keep pressing renew on this awesome gig that I had. And, uh, but as I know now things change. Uh, and so late last year, you know, things started kind of opening up for me. And one of the awesome opportunities that just made sense was, um, when Brian reached out and, um, we started talking about what it would look like to be a partner at, at, uh, post status. So, you know, now I'm sitting with about five projects, I kind of say, but uh, the biggest one is post status. Um, it's already got momentum. It's uh, got a really active membership. Um, the processes that uh, Brian was talking about are in place. So I just get to come in and just help the snowball get even bigger and uh, help the community, add value where I can. And uh, it's really exciting. It's it's fun. I spend most of my time thinking about post status, working on post status, and it just felt right. And a lot of affirmation came from friends of uh, all of ours in the community saying, "This is just perfect fit." And uh, that's been really good affirmation. But it's it's been fun. Matt, you Brian. mentioned. Uh, sorry, if you look, if I can uh, 
elaborate on that just one more little bit before we started this call. You know, my I turned my microphone on and it, it finally it was working. And you're like, I can hear you, but the you need to turn the gain up a little bit. And that's really the thing that I p- think of when I think of the impact Corey can have on post status because he was a partner or a sponsor of post status for five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since I started the you know the paid version of the site, turned it into a job, um, and he really knew what the community was. It wasn't like having to teach him all that kind of stuff. So he came in and he just brings these ideas so that we can amplify our voice to the broader WordPress community. I even had somebody on Twitter today that was like, oh, I never even heard of post status. That's cool. I need to check that out. And there's... And you're like, what have I been... Like, how have you not heard of this? (laughs) It's not that I feel that way. Like, I'm honored when people have heard of post status. But, you know, when you have a paywalled site, you run out of time, like you run out of opportunities for people to know you exist, you know, like your marketing is not your content. Your marketing has to be people referring it uh, to their friends and their colleagues. And, uh, you know, people get excited about a new product, a new service, but after five years of doing it, those referral based recommendations can really slow down and you got to bring in people to bring in new ways of marketing and uh, find new, new ways to amplify your voice, tell the world that, hey, uh, we're busy back here behind these this paywall. Uh, we need you to know about that. And uh, that's what we've been trying to do is share the the good news of the post Club. And Corey really helps me think about the ways that we can do that and broaden our umbrella and all that good stuff. So, Brian, apart from the freelancers that you mentioned earlier and the, and the folks who have helped you over the years with post status, and I can relate to this uh, to a degree as a as a solo creator, somebody who is just by themselves creating content, video, blog, otherwise. Um, things can, you can you can hit burnout pretty quick. Is there a point in, in the last couple of years, a, a pivotal moment, a milestone that you can share that helped you reflect and build the confidence to say, you know what? I do need a partner. I, I do need somebody else to help me carry this torch. Was there one pivotal moment or process that you went through to 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 get to at least knocking on Corey's door? It's hard for me to say specifically like when it clicked that I need someone else to help me do it. Um, I, I don't know. It was a, it was a combination of things and eventually the idea just kind of got into my head because I was thinking, and I'm going to be frank, you know, Matt, when you're running your own business, you run into times where cash flow is good. And then you run into times where cash flow is bad. And for me, you know, I, I hit a point where post status was paying me, but I was also, you know, paying other people. And it was the net of that was not good enough to be like, a good full-time job. So when you're battling, Hey, do I stick it out as an entrepreneur trying to do my own thing? Or do I go try to get a job? That's when I, uh, had to think like, what, what do I want this to be? And it's not that I didn't see the potential, but I knew that I had to supplement my own income and we're starting to work with the team. So I started doing some contracting with Skyverge working on, uh, mostly the Jilt product. And that really helped me see how fun it was to work on the team and help me see that that could also be really valuable for post status as well. 
And then also just embracing this this idea that post status can be a part time job, but if it's a part time job for multiple people, then it can be the type of job where it's uh, you know a well paying part time job, but even though like individually it might not be a great full time income, but when you put multiple people's part time energies into it, you still get the impact as if there's more than one full time person working on it because we have four different people that are contributing to it uh, on a part-time basis and you get the creative energy of all four of those people. And I really just eventually started putting those pieces together. And then what was great was when Corey came into the picture as the specific person, because I think we really fit well together in terms of that whole picture. How much does the WordPress news category, the, the topic of WordPress play into some of our shared, I don't want to say struggles, but friction of, you know, just a, a news cycle, right? And Corey, you, you, you years and years ago, uh, if I'm, if I'm getting my professional notes, cor- notes correctly, you, you work for a newspaper, right? Or, or was it a magazine? Yeah, both. I started both. my career out in my twenties, uh, where I really think my career got started after college was uh, in daily newspaper uh, journalism. And then I did work for magazine groups too. So yes is the answer. So background love for publishing and writing and content creation has been there with me all along. And if you look at, you guys have seen iThemes, I I pushed that bent there. When we started iThemes, it wasn't like this content marketing thing wasn't a thought, but I just knew we create good content put it out there into the wild. People can, uh, you know, that are searching for those things can find us. We can help educate and form people and then develop that know, like, and trust where they want to buy from us. So it's definitely been a part of my DNA since the beginning. Do you think WordPress limits us? And, and Brian, to counter that, you also have um, ledger status, correct? That's the name of it. Um, when that market is just so many opportunities to create content, to write content, to, I mean, it's it's just such a huge market compared to the WordPress world. Do you feel like WordPress attributes to some of the burnout, some of the complexities of, of being in WordPress journalism? (laughs) I don't know, man. It's, it's, uh, complicated. I, you know, I do compare and contrast the two ecosystems that I've created a name for myself. Um, you mentioned ledger status. I created a huge following, mostly amongst uh, people that are like actively trading cryptocurrencies and did it from zero, which is the same thing I did in the WordPress ecosystem. In both instances, it was me being curious about something, starting to learn it, and then kind of sharing my process of learning it. I think one of the big differences is that ecosystem, it, it moves really, really fast. It's gigantic, and it's all kinds of different folks that come together to participate in it. Um, there's good and bad in that. I think in the WordPress ecosystem, it's a smaller community. It feels more like a big dysfunctional family. Um, <laughs> so true. <laughs> and like you love everybody, but then like at the same time, you you have your beefs amongst it sometimes. And it's just a different vibe, you know, and it doesn't make it less interesting at all. But it's a it's a whole different type of ecosystem. At the end of the day, I think, Pretty much anybody participating in the WordPress ecosystem wants the best for the ecosystem as a whole and the other participants in it. Like you don't want to see other businesses fail. You don't want to, uh, you know, see people go down. You want to you want to see people lifted up. And 
I think of myself and the journalism space as one where I can't just look at something dispassionately in the WordPress ecosystem. Like I'm rooting for the participants in the ecosystem. And for the most part, the people that are in the ecosystem, you know, they've got a good head on their shoulders and they're, uh, they're not like malevolent. Is that the right word? Malevolent? Malevolent? <laughs> wow. Vocabularies. Malevolent. malevolent. Thank you. <laughs> You know, sometimes you say something and you're like, I have no idea if that was the right <laughs> word. Um, but, you know, like people want the best both for themselves but also for the broader community. And I want to be able to promote the good things that people are doing. So, you know, people put the journalist label on me and on Post Status sometimes. I think of Post Status more as a place of uh, analysis and insights, but – um, we do journalism, certainly. We do the, you know, kind of the TikTok of the news story, but we are unafraid to put our, uh, you know, our own tent to what it means to the ecosystem, how we think people should think about it, or at least how we're thinking about it. And therefore, people can understand that and then make their own take from it. So it's not. It's not the old school, like, here's your opinion section, but everything else is like straight news. Like, we're going to. We want to lay things down with our take on all of it. And I think that's what people have valued over the years about post status and about what I've done is that my voice is attached to post status. And that was also an important part of bringing somebody on is like they don't have to have the same voice as me, but I want them to have a voice like the, another person that's going to participate in the sites from a partnership level. And obviously, Corey's got a long history of uh, having his own voice and then wanting to share that with the world. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's my well, thoughts. One of the things, and I'm really interested to get Corey's take on this, and one of the things I struggle with as a content creator in the WordPress space, and Brian, probably much like you, like I watch YouTube videos about camera reviews, microphone reviews, and, yeah. and people, and because that market is so, so broad and, and, and it's such a big market, people can pick sides. Like I could say, I love my Fuji camera and I can't stand Sony cameras. I can't stand their color science and I would never use a Sony camera, you know, and, and there's ways to pick a side, I guess is the, is the lack of a better phrase. And, and Corey in, in, in small town, well, I don't want to say small town. I I don't know what the population was for your for your newspaper, but in in the small market newspaper, I feel like the journalists, uh, the reporters that work there, they feel like they're fighting for the people who read the newspaper, right? I mean, you know, when it comes to political news, research, investigative news, things like that. Um, I find that's it's very difficult to do in the WordPress world because one, people never really want to take sides with anyone, and I, I I don't know. I just feel like one, we kind of need it, but two, I know why we don't have it because it's it maybe it's just the size here. We're just we're up against that battle. Yeah, I think I have a different perspective, and Brian and I actually chatted about this recently um, about WordPress news. I I don't personally put post status in that category, and I don't approach it from that strict way, but we had, we had a little nuance and it was really good in, in that, you know, one of the Brian's strengths has always categorically been analysis. Like I pinged him through the years actually. And I think this is how part of our friendship grew is for insight into what we were doing. Like I bounced new products, uh, acquisitions, but you know, all that kind of stuff off of Brian because he had such a rich uh, pulse of, the community and products and all that space in it. Um, I, when I took 
this whole gig on and wanted to partner with Brian, I think thought of it more as community leadership. Like we've got an amazing group of people, WordPress pros that Brian's kind of coined and in the community that this way to kind of commonly affiliate with each other. And, uh, but I think about it as like my Brian said is the insight and commentary, having an additional voice. Now I always love Brian's voice. That's what I look forward to in the newsletter. Also kind of curating some of the happenings that happen in WordPress, but I always look forward to if something happened, I wanted to know what Brian thought about it. Now we're adding in my perspective more and more that you'll see in the newsletter and different venues that we've got. But I think about, the, the latest iterations of what I'm thinking about strategically for what we do for our people is how do we think ahead, think about them, make life easier for them, you know, with our default kind of personas we have uh, in the community, how do we get ahead for them? Think about things like, you know, Gutenberg's a big, has been a huge topic of conversation in WordPress and, and justly so. Well, if you're a, a, a site wrangler or someone that has, you know, uh, does a care plan business or does web design for clients, Gutenberg's a big deal because it affects workflow for you as a designer, but also for the client. Um, from the product side there, uh, and we've got a ton of those people that I come from, that space, the product side in our community. Um, how does that affect products and the long-term uh, via WordPress? That's just a snippet of things that we talk about internally and how we try to try to help people get ahead. You know, that Wayne Gretzky quote is um, his key to success was he didn't skate where the puck was. He skated to where it would be. And that's what I feel like our, part of our role is. Now, we take in journalistic standards for sure um, to help them do that. But my bent a little bit is definitely we need to make sure we cover news but really inject insight to say, to answer the question, what does this mean for me, for the readers, empathetically, for our members? How, how does this affect me? Because we're all busy. And part of PostSize's job is to cut down to the one or two sentences that go, oh, this is why I should worry about that particular release. It's going to affect my workflow or um, this potential move in WordPress, you know, whatever acquisition had or big strategic move happened, this is what it could what it really means to me. I see that part of our job and also, and this is part of my analysis and I think, or part of my contribution and what I think Brian uh, appreciates about me is I want to bring us uh, connected. Post status is our kind of forum to be, to be and stay connected. I want us to take even a step closer that we don't have to wait between WordCamp US's or Europe's or whatever to see each other or a pressonomics that we provide the venue to, to stay even closer connected. And we're, we kind of put out recently that we're, we're talking about a quote mastermind or some kind of in-person thing that's very small. So we have more intimate relationships in between those times that we might see each other. Is there an outlet that you think is doing the news? I want to qualify that. We are doing the news, but we're also doing the commentary. If you look at any given newsletter on a weekly basis, I just did the math the other day because someone was uh, asking about it. And I think we had something like 30 links to with a, a, a bullet point type of take on it, you know, a sentence, two sentences, maybe in a couple of instances, a paragraph. Uh, but we don't need to do three to five paragraphs with like this, you know, stock 
old school journalism, 300 word thing when it takes a freaking sentence to say that version 4.2 of something is out or sure. and this is what you need from it. So we're covering the news, but we're also trying to be reasonable and spend time on the things where they deserve analysis and then list out the keep up with what you need to know on the other stuff. And if you just subscribe to a weekly newsletter, you're going to get everything you need to know in the WordPress space. And then you're going to get analysis on the things that we really think deserve it. Yeah. And this is, this is the exact conversation Matt, that Brian and I had, and I love his point. It's a different type than I have traditionally thought about it, but we are, you know, definitely covering the news. Um, there are outlets that have had really good backing for a long time, like WP Tavern, um, that have covered it really well between Jeff, Sarah, and now Justin. Um, but I, yeah, our bent is, I, there's a broad range of things that something might happen that doesn't, and I'm trying to think of an example and I can't right now, but that might happen that's not applicable. It doesn't affect the lives of our membership. Um, but that added thing of like what this really means for me that we branch out of that objective here are just the facts sir <laughs> to what it really means for me and i this is where again i love the partnership with brian and I because he adds this perspective i just don't have like i can add to the conversation but um his his approach you can tell has his fingerprints all over it and will for the foreseeable future because it's really good it's really helpful it's really needed in our community Brian, what have been what have been the biggest learning points in the short amount of time that you've worked with Corey uh, on the post status or within the post status? The post status. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we got together, and it was after we announced and kind of right along the same timeline that we were actually signing all the documents and all that stuff. Uh, we got together to brainstorm for I don't know. Uh, two and a half days, something like that. And we sat in Corey's office and whiteboarded and we really wanted to lay out like who are our audiences, we have multiple audience groups uh, that we consider. And we laid out what are the things that we deliver them currently? What do we think we can be delivering to them? But a lot of what I needed and Corey helped me establish was not only, hey, here's a good idea, something that we can do. We can take the higher project, which is actually what finally got Corey and I talking is I did post status hired as like this kind of announcement of something that I wanted was, was working on status.com slash hired. Uh, and I was like, all right, Corey, this is and Corey said he wanted to help. So I started that conversation. So he's passionate about this concept. And I was like, here's all the stuff I want to do. And he's like, dude, you just outlined like hundreds of hours of work. And so he was like, what can we do that's going to get a lot of cool stuff, a lot of the impact of this idea without hundreds of hours of work for the implementation of the idea? And so this is this balance of the big impact with uh, less overall volume of work required so that we can actually accomplish the goal and fit it within the scope that we have limited hours in the day to be able to get stuff done. And we applied this similar type of lens to basically everything that we do to figure out how can we accomplish and provide accomplish goals, provide impact and do it, do it within a, a reasonable scope of work so that I don't get bogged down. Because one of the things I've gotten over the years several times is bogged down because I'm like, I'm going to put on the best freaking in-person conference. Uh, and then I, 
self-perform every component of it and stress out about it and then hit that burnout like you mentioned before. So establishing these more efficient processes, try to get high impact uh, stuff going, it helps prevent that burnout so that you're, you are capable of uh, providing the services that your customers are paying for on a regular basis and doing it at a high scale of quality. Was there one crazy back, I, I'm glad you came ahead. back to this, Matt, because you'd, you'd ask, you know, Brian about what was going through his head and all that. And I wanted to say, I hear this a lot. And I told Brian this specifically when we were talking the first couple of weeks is like, I hear this a lot from solopreneurs um, that they've been doing it so long. And I think about it in terms of fatigue. I could just tell in in Brian's you know voice when we're initially talking is doing anything for a set period of time by yourself sucks. Sure, it, it's I thrived on having a team at iThemes because I knew I wasn't good at everything, and I think there's a lot of people in your audience, particularly Matt, that are solopreneurs trying to do it themselves and go, "Oh my God, I feel what Brian felt um, when I started my." Uh, start over again venture about a year ago when I left iThemes, I specifically said, I don't want to go it alone because I had partners at iThemes and they were great cheerleaders for me, helped me through some of the lowest times. I had a group of entrepreneurs I walked with for the past 10 years, still walking with them that I could rely on. And I go, I don't want to, I don't want to do it alone, but I hear a lot from solopreneurs particularly that go, it just kind of sucks. I mean, you know, everything's in my head. And I'm, you know, you get to where you you're afraid to put something out into the wild because you're second guessing yourself. So then it becomes this vacuum, and then, um, and then everything's relying on you. Sometimes I was just having this conversation with uh, Ken from Mastermind Jam for Postatus, and uh, he was like, you know, it's that thing when you feel like it's all in your head and you feel alone on an island. I have been there in my business with a team, by the way, but. I know that struggle and uh, I purposely set out to not do it. <laughs> so now I've got several partners in addition to Brian because I just, it sucks doing it on my own. I knew it wasn't going to be any good by myself. And I told Brian that from the beginning, I said, I, I'm not at all inter- remotely interested unless this is a thing with you because what, of those what, reasons. What, what is that thing? What is that thing that holds owners, entrepreneurs, business builders back from, from reaching out and, and asking somebody, even for help, like just can, can I take an hour? I'll buy you a cup of coffee, I'll buy you a beer, whatever, to just sit down and say, "Here's what I'm struggling with. Is it, is it anxiety, shame? Um, you know, they're they're unsure if somebody can help them because this is, you know, the essence of what I would say is the post this right. Where, I mean, you get together in a group and you and you can lean on someone, you know, for your most basic WordPress question all the way to, you know, whatever, who, who, who does your taxes? Like, uh, can, get, can you recommend a great accountant? Um, what do you think holds people back and, and, and folks that you've come across? over the For years? what it's worth, we are trying to lean into that with PostStatus more because it is that venue. Uh, ev- but it's that venue without us really advertising it as that. Um, but people are using the post status community to find the right person to ask that question or like help them take a next step or whatever. Uh, something like 80% of the conversations in Slack are in direct messages, which is amazing. So it's kind of this unofficial official, uh, WordPress professional chat room, which is really cool. Um, and we want to do it in a much more, um, specific way than just being, uh, chat like that. In terms of your question, 
I think it's two things. There's one that's asking for people to walk alongside you but not be part of the implementation. So that's like your masterminds, your people that you might have regular calls with or kind of your go-to when you see them at a conference, y'all go grab a cup of coffee or a drink together or something like that. And I think people are pretty good at doing that. Like they want to be able to learn from someone, a peer or a mentor, and that helps give them ideas and helps feed them. And then the next one is to actually bring them in, whether they're you're hiring someone to help you accomplish a task that you know that you're not good at or whether you're partnering with something or whatever, Matt, you do the same thing as I do. Like, you know, you're an entrepreneur yourself, but you've done pretty much every aspect of the businesses that you've been a part of over the years from consulting uh, to marketing to audience development. And you've learned about all this crap, you know, like you do the video and the audio, you've dabbled in code, you do the writing and you do the marketing, you're, you do the sales. And I think as entrepreneurs, we just take this uh, responsibility on our shoulders that says like, hey, I can self-perform this stuff. I can do it. I got to learn it. I got to go. I got to know every job in this place, even if when I get big enough, I'll hire someone. And I think what we don't realize sometimes, and I think some of the businesses that tend to succeed quicker are when they realize, hey, you know what? I know it's a risk, but I'm going to go ahead and hire somebody to do this because I know I kind of suck at it. I did. I did enough of it from an experimentation standpoint to know that I need to bring on someone that really excels in this, in this area and prioritizes those needs, brings them on, takes that risks. And then they see those gains through the increased revenue that comes out of that. And I tend to say like, no, I'll get to it. I'll self-perform that. I'll do that part. I'll do that part. I'll do that part. And at a certain point you really start to hurt yourself because you're, you can't do all those things. And I certainly came to realize that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Corey, was there one big idea that Brian threw out onto the whiteboard and you were like, no, <laughs> we're not going to do that this year. We're not going to do that next year. Did you, did you have to rein him in on any kind of crazy ideas? Man, I'm trying to remember, Brian. I don't think so. I was mostly in, and I was trying to dig out the gold that he would say just in a normal context uh, mm. as we talked. So I did a lot of question asking, as I recall, Brian, and a lot of listening, and then plus wanting. Um, I think that, you know, he already mentioned the one time is that just kind of right size it, go, okay, you know, let's don't eat that elephant right now. How can we? And it was probably around the hired project, I guess. Okay, we added up the hours. And this is what I love about it because I wouldn't have done that, but he did. And it was like 120 hours or something. And I go, I think I started pumping the brakes just a little bit. Um, but in the same sense is taking some of mine. And this is the beauty between a really good partnership. It's a push pull, but it's always for, for the better. Like it's always going to be that our, our, you know, what we come out with the idea is going to be refined to be so much better. Um, so, you know, one part of this, you asked the specific question, which is what keeps people from doing this? I think it's ego and pride and control. Those are a couple that come to mind. But if, if, if the entrepreneur or anybody thinks they have all the answers, that's where you tend to think I am the mastermind. I am the only one that controls the ship. And I think there's a lot of problems that happen that I happen to be in a fortunate place when I started iThemes. I didn't know how to do a lot of things. I had to, I was forced to, not like some of the uh, community members we have at PostSatus where they were developers and could build the products they needed. I had to rely on experts. So I had that, I call it an advantage from, from the first because I wasn't holding on to things for long. But thankfully, I think, 
you know, our relationship was recognizing where we're strong at and going, man, I'm going to take a back seat. And I think you called them, Brian, swim lanes. I'm going to take a back seat and be a support to that where it was, it just felt kind of natural. And the times where we've had, you know, decisions, our push pull uh, thing has made a better product so far in the last what month now. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And, you know, just being able to test an idea and have somebody that our bottom line for both of us is attached to whether the idea is worthwhile and can be executed properly. Whereas if you're asking a friend for advice, they naturally want to be more supportive. Well, Corey and I, if we pitch an idea, we're like, yeah, but how's that going to impact our ability to do an effective job and achieve a reasonable return uh, on that time, energy, and effort that we spend? Uh, To your point earlier, it was 140 hours that I estimated on our whiteboard for what it would take to do my version of what I wanted hired to be, which that's still on our longer term scope of what that project could be. But then we said, okay, well, what's like the less than 40 hour version of what can be and what's the relative value add to the audience for that version versus what the, you know, like grand scoped one was. And that's really how we looked at each potential thing that we have, uh, whether it's the newsletter or Slack or, um, you know, like things with the job board or some stuff that we haven't announced yet. It was, here's the product, here's the potential value add, meaning is this a difference maker to people that are going to participate? Take the conference, for example, the in-person conference. Well, the in-person conference is a really uh, high execution effort, but the value add is, well, a lot of people have put on some pretty good in-person conferences, but that didn't really align well. Like there wasn't a good divergence between those two things. Whereas if you take a smaller in-person event where the planning effort, uh, you know, you're not booking these $50,000 venues and planning all this stuff. It's like a room with 20 people in it and it's a round table in a, you know, maybe a swanky hotel, but like the overall execution effort for a 20 person event is relatively low. And we bring our our knowledge to it, but then the value add for those 20 people that come to that in-person event that's hyper-focused on something like selling your uh, plugins better or marketing your plugins better, that value add is extremely high. So that has a great divergence between execution effort and value add. And those were the opportunities that we looked for. And those uh, basically went to the top of our list in terms of trying to roll out. One of the things that Corey hit on before uh, about why folks might struggle just asking, right, and control uh, uh, an ego, certainly being at the top of of even my list, right, or in the early days of, of running a business. And I grew up in a business, and I was obviously never running the business while I was while I was growing up in it, but being a part of it. And I think biggest challenge uh, for me over the years is, is working, is working with others, right. And, and, and working with employees, like, and, and bringing them on. And, 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 you know, if you gave somebody something you've done for years, let's say the sales component of your business, and you're like, I'm going to take a step back now. I'm going to hire somebody to do sales. And then you just see them doing sales and you just get, you know, uh, very anxious and very stressed out. That's not the way I would do it. And I think that the biggest lesson I've learned is you could still have control over maybe the process or the outline that you give to somebody, um, and certainly not controlling 
them as an individual. Brian, I'm curious, to see, have there been any big major lessons you've learned over the years working with freelancers, working with people? Because um, I am very, I am generally interested that the superpower combined with Corey, with decade plus of managing teams, managing people is going to actually be one of the shining, maybe less talked about benefits uh, to the post-status uh, company for years to come. But have there ever been any major uh, lessons for you working with freelancers, setting expectations, goals, and control, that kind of thing? Uh, Long-term freelancers, it's always a thing where you iterate on what do they excel at, what do they enjoy, where do they add value. And they're, usually for me, if it was a long-term freelancer, it was not properly taking advantage of their skills and the time that they would be able to allocate towards it. Um, for one-off stuff, one of the great benefits that I have is I know people in the WordPress space that are really freaking good at what they do. And when I have like a development need and I'm like, man, I might be able to accomplish this if I spend a week on it. But you know what? Daniel Backhuber is a really good developer. And I wonder if he'll just do this on a freelance basis for me. Uh, there was a thing where I had something and I was like, I, want, I think this is something that requires a CLI script. And I don't really know what I'm doing. And I estimated maybe I can spend half a week on it. And Daniel, I watched him do it live. Like he took over my computer with one of those, you know, like uh, sharing tools. And he did this thing in my, in my CLI in like less than half an hour. And it was absolute wizardry. Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, that was incredible. You just saved me so much time. So I've had a Daniel experience like that myself. (laughs) Yeah, they're great. And I think I'm spoiled in that I have, a fantastic network of people that I know in the WordPress ecosystem when it comes to those kind of technical freelancing, outsourcing things. Another one, I had a CMB2 issue as a custom, as a Metabox thing. And Justin Sternberg helped me out with it. And we still use that to this day. The items in the newsletter, are, there's so much more there than people realize when they're reading it because each little thing, each little snippet is saved as its own post. And it just all does it magically uh, in the back end of the website. So we want to unearth a lot more of that, but yeah, no, I don't, I haven't had any like horror stories of freelance stuff because usually I just ask somebody to do something really small. And then it's the longer term engagements where it takes a lot more like management. And usually I'm really the, the harder person to work with there because I don't really necessarily give someone a lot of direction. So it's just a process of uh, learning over time how to do a good job of that. And I've been fortunate with David and Dan. They're terrific at what they do. Do you have an estimate of time it might take to put together that newsletter? Like give, give folks the inside, having how the sausage is made. <laughs> like how long does it take to put together a, a single newsletter? Well, four people touch it now. So the curation of content is... David and myself, and then uh, that, that's like who's watching or who's learning about what's happening in the ecosystem. I went to David Bissett initially because I was like, dude, you're a freaking tweet fiend. Let's put this stuff in my newsletter. <laughs> to and say I was it like, politely. You, yeah. And I was like, you keep up with this ecosystem better than I do. And that's saying something because I do that as a lip for my living. Like, like you're too good at this. Will you take those things that you tweet and help me curate them to make an initial draft of what we want to cover in the newsletter? Um, 
So we have a process where actually we use uh, Pocket, the, the little thing where you can save a URL. And we save it in Pocket. And uh, that triggers a, a Zapier that sends it into Slack. And in Slack, we have that collection of stuff for the week. David takes uh, his and my entries to that. And every now and then, Dan or Corey will toss one in there that they found interesting as well. And then those items become a draft. And then uh, David does that initial draft of stuff we're covering and like kind of the meat and potatoes of saying this is what happened. Dan gives that a pass from an editorial perspective. Uh, you know, these are name checks, link, link checks, adding some uh, perspective. And then it's uh, Corey and my turn to go in there and um, check over everything that's been put in. Sometimes that's taking stuff out. Sometimes that's adding our own things that maybe happened since then, doing another pass on the edit. And then the most important part of that is adding our voice to it. So that's uh, editing the words that are already there. And then also we've recently added this whole like take thing. So we put our voice on the the news component of it, like the, you know, this is what happened. But then we also are starting to try to really uh, highlight this is Brian's take on it. This is Corey's take on it. Uh, so that's another aspect of what we have to do in that newsletter creation process. And then at the end of the day, it usually comes down to me saying, okay, this is ready to go. Let's hit send. And all in all, it's more about the fact that four different people had to touch it. So it's multi-day process to kind of get that drafted, get it edited, get it uh, voiced, if you will, and then uh, send it out. And from an hour's perspective, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of thing I should know. <laughs> it's a lot. It really it is, is a lot. lot. Like it's, I was just speaking to somebody before this, uh, Dan actually are in our channel and saying like, hey, where are we on that? So, but I'll, I'll tell you this, Brian has set this up and Dan and David are phenomenal. Like, like Brian said, uh, I want to take this even to another level and become some of the best in the world at doing that. Because again, this was, I've heard it from so many members. This is the email everybody reads. And it's the one I read for years because I was like, I can't keep up with Twitter storms. I can't keep up with all the things, but WordPress is way too big. Um, and we're going to even drill down even more where these takes get really, really laser focused where they go. I'm, I might even print this off. You remember those things, printers, guys? I might even print this off so I can have it. I want to become the best at, at doing that because it's such a vital thing I've heard back. I've come in in listening mode uh, that, you know, too many people rush in, particularly new leaders, they rush in and want to change everything. I'm like, oh, 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 I don't, that's not the way I do it. I want to ask questions and listen and learn context and why. That's some of the best uh, conversations Brian and I've had. He he is extremely thoughtful about everything he does. And I've I've just relished it. I like, I, I drill just going, this is so cool. It's going to get better. We're going to make it better. But this is so cool what we've done over the years, what he's built. And uh, I'm just happy to be a part of it and make it even better um, and contribute my voice to that for our people. One of the things that's really untapped, Matt, uh, in terms of how I audit the amount of time I spend, um, you know, I put some stuff through Pocket and into Slack saying like, okay, this was a story I saw on Twitter. I don't think this is, a, we found this elsewhere or 
uh, someone pinged me about it or they contacted us through Help Scout. But the most important one that I bring to the table is over a decade of relationship building with people that run companies and uh, the actual conversations that I have with them through Slack or elsewhere where you know, we're just talking about what's going on, whether it's in their business or whether it's a trend that we see in businesses in general. And that could be somebody like, you know, your boss, like I talked to Joshua Strebel a good bit and um, he can help me keep a pulse on the hosting ecosystem and that stuff. I take those conversations and I don't, you know, betray anyone's trust or anything like that, but I do that. I have those types of relationships with many dozens of people in our ecosystem that have really great insights. And then I try to distill what they tell me and turn that into the type of analysis that we can put in the newsletter. And that's the time spent that's really fuzzy to try to figure out exactly how much time that is. But I should have a better audit of that for sure. Well, I think, Brian, you're one of the best editors I've ever known. Like you can take something like mostly my clay that's half formed (laughs) and make it look pretty dang awesome. Uh, Matt, I'll see the email and those guys do such a good job. Uh, let's say Thursday and then it's transformed by the time it gets out. And it's like, man, Brian's fingers are all over. He's got this very good sense of connecting to audience, what really matters, um, which is really cool. But the whole process is fun to see how they do it. Corey sent one out under his name. It was the first time we've done that the other day. And it was about some member resources that he spearheaded creating that content and we talked about it being awesome having a partner. Those were the results of uh, some stuff that I tweeted about because I was busy doing some jilt stuff all day one day. And I came in in the afternoon, started looking around, and Corey had done all this stuff. I was like, wow, like we accomplished a lot today. And I didn't do anything for post status. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the result of that was uh, in this email that we sent out. And I told Corey, I was like, I hope you don't mind. I changed some stuff, but it was like midnight or one in the morning and we were sending it at 8 AM. And uh, it was a little bit different than his draft of it, but it still was Corey's message and like what he wanted to get across. I just, I just gave it a little spit shine, you know? Yeah, I do appreciate the little uh, voice notes, if you will, uh, inside the email, right? Giving your 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 bite-sized uh, takes uh, on, on the different pieces of content. What I'm really looking forward to is when they're actually in disagreement. I'm really excited to find, uh, find a story where Corey and I have like completely opposite takes on something. Yeah, I'm sure it'll happen in six months. Fight, 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 uh, fight. <laughs> uh, we have just a few minutes left here. There's been just a couple, one, two questions from the Twitter sphere. First one comes from Toddy Jones. I don't know if I, I can't do a Southern accent, but this this is the question. Who is their favorite wrestler? Spelled R-A-S-S-L-E-R. Am I supposed to say wrestler? Like, who's your favorite wrestler? Do, do you, are you guys into wrestling? Is that where this question stems from? Maybe uh, so. I would have to say either the Ultimate Warrior or... Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin from back in the day. I wish I could have seen Brian's face when I asked the question because he was probably like, ooh, this is my favorite question. You you mean a wrestler. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Actually, Matt, he was going to say, I object because Oklahoma is not a part of the South. That's what he was going to say. Oh, yeah. That is is a fact. When somebody said, I think it was Brad Williams that was like, wow, we got all Southerners over there at post that. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, he's deeply Oklahoma's offended, just South. like 
he's deeply offended, just like Michael Torbert was one time when he heard that. I'll go with the power team. I don't know if they ever came to a church near you when you're growing up. The power team would like rip phone books in half. Um, wow. Now that's pretty <laughs> Southern. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Marcel Bootsman asks, uh, seriously, are static WordPress sites the next big thing? And how will that affect the WordPress hosting business? No. So now we get to fight. So I th- I think, yes. Um, a couple years ago, Christine from iThemes, a longtime developer, walked with me. He, you know... He said, this this static solves a couple of things. And it threw me back to my, when I actually started blogging, was on Blogger. And at the time, you could publish your blog through FTP. And uh, I discovered WordPress, and it was way faster. Now I'm like, man, well, you solve some problems by static websites. So I'm, I'm not a developer, so I don't want to pretend I know the tech behind it. But uh, the static phenomenon with a good CMS like WordPress is very compelling to me. And uh, I'm really anxious to see how things develop in the community around that. Will they unseat the hosting companies? I don't, I don't think so, but is it a technology and a move I want to see in WordPress? Absolutely. I don't think the fact that something is static is what makes it important. I think the fact that it's fast is what makes it important. People like things that are dynamic. They like things when they're personalized. They like things when you can change them and edit them easily. I think the important thing is for dynamic things to be able to be as fast as things that currently can only be fast when they're static. I don't care uh, how it's delivered, but it does need to be fast. I think that's a really important part of the direction that we're going. And I think WordPress is still pretty well positioned to create things that can be fast while also allowing for dynamic content. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the current static trend, there's some development excitement around it, but end users want something that they can edit easily. And as long as that can be delivered in a way that is, you know, fast to the visitor, I think that will be dominant over this kind of, you know, deploy via version control to make a verbiage change on your website type of concept. Now there's two S's you got to alliterate. So, so fast is speed, but the second one is secure. So you get the fact that a static site, a page is out there being served. It's super, super fast, but you get some security along with that too, which is, is a two part compelling thing. I think. Yeah. If the static component is the, uh, delivery of some sort, like if you don't need to show a different message to different visitors, then sure. The, the output, whatever the end page could be static, no different than ancient, you know, static caching of, uh, you know, like full page caching. If, um, but I, it, it just kind of depends to me. Like, <laughs> I don't think, it, I think it's a fad in some ways. And I think this idea of dynamic input of that content is still really important. Like having a, uh, a user interface that is both simple and powerful. That's always been WordPress's great challenge to me. And we've been on different sides of that balance at times and in different years. And I think that's our great challenge moving forward too. And we don't just need to compete against other website publishing systems. We need to compete against social media. Like why do I tweet or Instagram stuff so much when I could be putting it on my website? That's like personally disappointing because I should be advocating for this publishing of these things on my website and a platform that I own. I think that's the uh, arena that we really need to go to battle in. I agree. 
This, this this sounds like it's going to be a great piece of content or a live stream for post status. You two just duking it out over static assets. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, I really appreciate the interview today. Uh, it's been great hearing, you know, where you plan on taking post status. And, and uh, I'm just excited to have the two of you connect, even if it is taking a, away a slice of the Matt Report traffic. I'll forgive both of you. Where can well, I don't think find you get? I, I don't think it'll take anything away from Matt Report. I, I've I've loved the stuff you put out, man. I uh, I've been a long time Matt Report listener, and I'm glad that you have not gotten into the written content game to compete with us fully. So because uh, I don't know how to spell, Brian. That's why <laughs> we uh, love sharing. <laughs> we love sharing great podcast discussions, and you have many of those. So I'm I hope that you just keep doing it. I appreciate it. Where should folks go to find more about Post Status? Go to poststatus.com to check it out. Go to poststatus.com slash club to join the club. It's cheap. It's $99 for the whole year, and you get access to great resources, great people, and a great community. And teams can buy into this too, right? Companies buy into it, and they can add team members. Yeah, it's a big part of our strategy discussions. I think more and more... WordPress is moving to this thing where it's, you know, it's an industry and it's important for companies to provide these continuous education resources where it's not just education as in tutorials, but it's also understanding of your ecosystem. You're not going to have a better understanding of the WordPress ecosystem anywhere uh, than you will with PostAdis and being involved in the PostAdis club. So if you run a business, then you can get a team membership to bring 10 or more people from your team into post status. And it's a nice, easy sign up link. And we would love to have you. Awesome. Corey, I guess everybody will just see you over at the post status, right? <laughs> exactly. Ditto that. <laughs> awesome stuff. Everybody else, matreport.com, matreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We'll see you in the next episode.